Welcome to the Ages Comics of Alaska podcast, where we tell Alaskans what to put in their box at Alaska's comic book shop. I always wished I could do something better than comics, but there didn't seem to be anything. This is the Ages Comics of Alaska podcast, and now your hosts, Lou and Amy Joe. Hey guys, welcome to episode 17 of our podcast here. I am joined by the magnificent Shauna and Kevin here. Just Kevin. Just Kevin. Just Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> the, the awesome Kevin. And uh, it's just me, Lou, here. Uh, Amy's up on the slope right now. So we are going to be running this show with the magnificent three here. We got a hand. Uh, and Baby Yoda. Oh, and Baby Yoda. I'm staring at Baby Yoda right now. So no matter what happened today, I could never be mad because I'm just, this is kind of crazy. We've got this uh, Baby Yoda plush toy in the shop right now. And you can actually see your reflection in its eyes. And it's, We've got three of them. Yeah. yeah. What, what the hell? <laughs> Jesus. But the third one was like twice the size and a bobblehead. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, we had a Funko Pop. It sold today. Yeah, right? I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so it sold. And that, yeah, it was a, I think it's the largest Funko Pop I've ever seen in this yeah. shop. And uh, yeah, it was a bobblehead Baby Yoda. Yeah, I think it was crazy. I think we all say Baby Yoda because Alaskans are just, well, maybe they say it nationwide, but Alaskans, we're just so rebellious up here. (laughs) Because Star Wars has made it very clear, it's not Baby Yoda. As a matter of fact, I I guess like... The uh, child. Yeah, George Lucas gets pissed off about it. It's not canon. It's not canon. What doesn't he get pissed off about, man? Not canon. Only only Jar Jar Binks is canon. (laughs) Jar Jar. (laughs) So... Here we are. Uh, before we get started, just some uh, uh, quick shout-outs to EGS, uh, our expert grading service, which is the sponsor of the show. And if you want to get those books graded, you want to get those custom labels, those fire-matching labels on your graded book, and you want to get those grading notes, you want a transparent grading experience for your comic books, well, look no further than EGS comicsgrading.com that's egscomicsgrading.com that is expert grading service and you can drop off your books for submission anytime that we are open at Aegis Comics of Alaska Alaska's comic book shop so uh, shout out to Tony and his uh, his awesomeness there and mm-hmm. then uh, a big shout out to all our Patreon that make this uh, possible they're the ones that uh, financially support all the equipment that we purchase here. And of course we've put in our Patreon that the other thing that our Patreon helping us with, we were able to hire a staff here and we were also uh, able to get our first variant cover. And we're already working on our second variant cover mm-hmm. right now. We've got the Mars attacks, red Sonia number one, which is available on our website right now for pre-order it is limited to 500 copies. It is a John Royal, uh, the artist. Uh, he did that cover for us. And John Royal, he does a lot of Xenoscope stuff. He's done some DC stuff, some Marvel stuff. Check him out on Instagram at John Royal Art, I believe. Yeah, uh, and you can also see him on our Instagram at Aegis Comics Alaska. All of our social media is essentially the same. It's uh, at Aegis Comics Alaska, and you can check out the art there. It's limited to 500 copies, so if you want to get secure yours, you better get it now because it is the first, the first that I'm aware of variant cover by Dynamite Comics for an Alaska comic book shop, the very first. So we're really proud about that. We're so proud about it that we... Knocked out a second one that the sketch art came out today, uh, and it looks like it's starting to go viral. That particular artwork, it is the cover for Red Sonia number 20, which will be part of the new storyline for the uh, Red Sonia, and also by Dynamite Comics. John Royal knocked that out for us, and I won't spoil it. You just need to go online and take a look at the sketch. 
It will be inked and colored here in the next couple of days. We are super excited about that. Um, so now that we've knocked that out, and remember, you can always go to our website, www.agescomicsalaska, www.agescomicsalaska, for more info about Alaska's comic book shop or what other offers and promotions we have. So, guys, we survived another new comic book day. A very busy one. Yeah, what would you say the highlights of the day in terms of top performers, Shauna? Um... I mean, Death Metal, that's always going to be really popular. Um, the new Venom, that was pretty cool looking. That was snatched up pretty quick. Um, what else? What did you see, Kevin? The, I can't think of it now. Joker mm-hmm. War tie in. Oh, uh, yeah. Detective Comics, that one flew out of here. Especially the, uh, the variant. With Batman on there cracking his knuckles, uh, yeah. And I noticed um, just about every variant flew off the shelves this week, especially Death Metal. I mean, you know, Robin King, Supergirl, everybody was into to those, but uh, variants were more popular this week for sure. The Wonder Woman that went yeah. pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wonder Woman seven sixty with mm-hmm. the Max Lord storyline. That's a brand new writing team, brand new storyline. Uh, it started with a. Uh, the last issue so here we are what oh is it 761 760 yeah it's good jumping on point man yeah it's uh yeah if you want to jump on to wonder woman now's the time to do it it's a brand new storyline brand new uh brand new characters uh last issue was a key issue this issue i'm sure has some interesting things for you it's a great cover on it as well the whether you get the variant or the regular cover i think we only have one wonder woman book left in the shop i think right now so uh lunar was able to get those books to us Uh, it is very clear now that there's a significant difference between lunar and ucs uh ucs is the other distributor for uh dc comics i um knocking on wood we have no horror stories no horror stories at all have you guys seen anything? No. No, man. No. Hey, everything's been good. I uh, Packaged, very secure, you know, bubble wrap. Who would have thought that bubble wrap would, uh, yeah. you know, would help? But uh, And then the uh, incentive variants, like the 1 in 25s and 1 in 100s, they come bagged and boarded. And that yeah. is my biggest thing with Lunar is that, you know, the, it's not getting those scuff marks and the damage that comes with diamond because they don't bubble wrap or bag anything important. You know, it comes folded in half at the bottom of the box. A hundred percent. If, you know, I understand still a lot of diamond loyal loyalists out there and they have a million reasons to be loyal. We're the newest shop in town. We're one of the newest shops in the nation, but uh, we're not new to, comic books and we're certainly not new to life in general and to business and i can assure you that if diamond doesn't evolve it's only a matter of time only a matter of time if one of those big three decide the remaining big three decide to flip over that's a wrap for diamond it doesn't even need to be marvel it could just be image comics Mm -hmm. and that's a wrap man that diamond is done because as it is right now, they lost one third of their business just when uh, DC stepped over. I know people are pissed off about that, but and once again, UCS, I get it. But those of you that are dealing with UCS and all the hiccups there, man, I, I I feel for you. All I can tell you is that Lunar, I'm not seeing those issues. None of us here are seeing them. They know how to package the books. It's clear, at least to us that the people packaging the books and shipping the books there actually know about or know the very basics about the comic collection game. Mm -hmm. They treat the books the way the collectors want their books. They stack the books. They stagger them. We've talked about this endlessly, endlessly, but, man, props need to go where props need to go. Lunar's killing it right now. They really are. I mean, the the (laughs) – A diamond, you know, I'm going to get vulgar for a second. Uh, forgive me for any kids listening to this, but I'm sorry. Diamond, when they package things, I remember when I was in the military, we had a saying. It, 
when things were screwed up. It's like a, a bag of smashed assholes. I mean, it is just horrible. <laughs> it is horrible the way Diamond packages things sometimes. It's like they're angry when they're packaging. And then they do this nonsense where, like, they sent us they send us a book in a Gemini box via UPS. Because we do everything through a freight forwarder. That's how you do things in Alaska, especially with the comics. You got to use a freight forwarder because that's the only way you save money. Hands down. Uh, anybody who tells you different doesn't know what the hell they're talking about. Because if you try to get a box, especially with the dimensions, the, the varying dimensions that the comic book industry uses, and you try to do that via FedEx, UPS, or anyone else, you're going to you're going to go bankrupt because it's expensive. So what do they do? They send us a Gemini box. When I see a Gemini box, a Gemini box, I think it's like a, I think it's like a, a 10 by 11 or whatever the dimensions yeah. are in it. Like a 10 by, it's designed for comic books. I get excited when I see a Gemini box from anywhere else, eBay, uh, Golden Apple, uh, Frankie's. Yeah. Any of these online stores, when they send you something in the Gemini box, hell, we ship things out to all our customers in Gemini boxes because that is the industry standard on how you send a book. You expect that the book that is in said Gemini box is going to be worth at least the shipping. So to ship a Gemini box from here to Florida, it runs us anywhere from, for one book, about five bucks. We'll call it five bucks. Seven dollars on super high end, but typically five bucks. Mm -hmm. So they send us this Gemini box. Shauna, I think you were the one that opened it. Yeah. And what was in it? A dollar book. A dollar book. A dollar book. Walking Dead, number one, reprint, image first, price tag, cover price, one dollar. They didn't send 10 of them. They didn't send 15 of them. They sent one book. What is our cost, you ask? 50 cents. Full disclosure. That's what we paid for that book, 50 cents. We sell it for $1. It cost us in shipping $5. So we were upside down the moment that book arrived in the shop and we opened it. This is the kind of stuff that pisses me off. And I, I just want to point out that that book... There was about five or six of the exact same book in another box that Diamond sent us, and there was plenty of room in that box for them to just put that last comic in there. It's the same exact book, and they just, for whatever reason, decided they were going to throw it in a Gemini box and send it to us. Well, and then there was that other book in that really big box. That was insane. <laughs> this little book, I, I, I would say the book was no bigger than five by five. Five inches by five inches, maybe. It's a little mini comic yeah. about the Constitution uh, in comics. So it's, uh, I, I want to say it's uh, the characters from Snoopy, Charlie Brown, telling the story of our U.S. Constitution in a comic book. It's like, it's a tiny little hardcover book. And that thing came in a box like the size of a Carhartt boot box what boots would come in and they sent that all the way from their shipping facility in Missouri or wherever it is all the way out to us in Alaska. And I paid shipping for a box that probably weighed a couple of ounces. Not even, it never reached a pound. I promise you it didn't. We could put on the scale right now, that book, even with all the padding and stuff that they do with the book in that box, that box didn't even reach a pound, but because of the dimensions and it being thrown in with the freight forwarders, it was like, like, you never know what's in these boxes anymore. It's like a running joke. Maybe they think it's funny at the warehouse, but we're the ones <laughs> sending the bill. So um, yeah. it's funny until you see the bill. Then it's not funny anymore. Well, maybe that's why they do it on purpose. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like it's like oh, it's like they're angry with us. Ugh, and you know that's why. Here's a a message for employers: treat your people right, pay your people right, treat them like human beings, treat them like family. I used to tell when I was a trooper, I was a supervisor with the troopers, and I was also an NCO in the military. 
I used to tell future leaders, you got to love the people that work for you. You got to love them and you got to take care of them and they will reciprocate. They really will. It's very clear to me that Diamond runs a, an extremely unhappy workplace because yeah. when you look at what's mm -hmm. coming to us, it's completely unhappy. Like It's almost angry the way they throw some of those books in there. Yeah. I, you, you can tell one distributor cares and the other doesn't. And I know my previous job, I stopped caring, man, because of the way I was being treated and like how little, you know, the higher ups cared. And it's, you see how little they care and why should you, you know, it's trickles down. It's all attitude. about money yeah. now. Like they don't care and they don't care if they lose all their customers or all their workers. It's all about the money. And you can definitely tell, yeah who is a collector versus who is mm -hmm. just a person from the street. And <laughs> You know, I would ask, you know, when I would mentor future leaders, because I did a lot of leadership training coming up in the ranks. And once I hit the ranks that I hit, I was always trying to mentor my replacement. And I always ask, you know, how do you, do you, do you realize how critical it is just to ask the people that work for you each day, Hey, how's your day going? How are you doing? You know, start to read people. Hey, are you doing okay today? How's everything going? I think what happens is a lot of guys are scared of the answer. Because they're not prepared for, hey, man, how's your day? It's really crappy. My cat died, da, da, da. And then you have a point right there where do I... Now show my human side and try to help out with this and try to understand? Or do you do what most humans tend to do, which is, oh, man, I should have never asked, <laughs> right? But then you're not a leader and you shouldn't be a leader then. You shouldn't even, you know, you shouldn't own a business. You shouldn't have employees if you're not going to care enough about what's going on in their lives because, uh, Contrary to popular belief, whatever's going on outside the workplace is going to affect your current workplace. Anyone who says different has never been a leader, has never been to a leadership course. Now, granted, I'm not here to be a marital counselor or anything else, uh, but and that's not my job. But my job is to try to understand and mitigate potential problems by trying to make sure that this place isn't the source of your problems. And that when you do come here, that you give 100%, right? And that should be the same thing with Diamond right now. That's not what's happening. And I, I, I think we hit, you definitely hit it on the head. You you know as well, Sean, that uh, it shows the difference between the majority of the companies that ship to us. It seems like people care. Like uh, some places, you get the little handwritten thank you note. That seems to be the trend right now, by the way, in yeah. a lot of the... Uh, uh, internet trade, you know, the internet sales, the drop shipping stuff. So people are doing handwritten notes, and well, that's not do, not drop shipping because drop shipping is different. But you know, just the internet sales and stuff. They make it more personal, and people, you're like, wow, what a happy workplace that is, yeah. you know, or what a happy environment that must be where this thing just came from. So, and people tend to be more forgiving about a book coming late or not getting here or uh, uh, maybe our price might be slightly higher than a competitor because we can't afford to lower the price. However, the environment that we created here made it enjoyable enough where it was worthwhile for that person to come here because yeah. they can tell when people are having a bad day. And if you go, you know, you go into any business. I remember, you know, as a matter of fact, when we had the furniture getting moved in here, did I tell you guys the story where the movers were fighting each other? Like literally fighting. No. Coming up the stairs with the back issue bins. Like they were <sighs> cursing at each other and yelling <laughs> at each other. And I called up the the boss. I, I should put them on blast right now, but I'm like, nah. You know. And and by the way, if they're listening to this, you guys ate up, man. Because I remember I called up and I said, you know, you guys damaged my stuff. Guys were yelling and screaming at each other. The guys said, oh, don't worry. We won't charge you. I said, okay. Sure enough, I look at my account. They sure as hell charged me. 
So, hey, they provided a service. It was a piss poor service, and I will never use that company again. But it showed me the effects of an unhappy workplace. And not to mention the fact that the boss sat there and talked trash about his employees, but then took no action either. So I'm, I'm like, well, that, that whole business model from the, from the top down is ate up. And we almost paid for it here. Yeah. And luckily, the guy who built these cabinets for me, uh, Mike Berkmeyer from uh, Tidewater Woodworks, he actually was here when they delivered it. He actually took pictures of when they damaged it initially at his place. And he turned around and uh, touched up all of it here, which was awesome. That's cool. But uh, And adjusted everything and showed me how to touch up everything. But, you know, it, it, once again, unhappy workplaces will cause this kind of stuff. Uh, speaking of unhappy workplace, I would imagine based on the, lo- the latest news from D.C., that might be an unhappy workplace right Man, now. yeah. Dropping like flies. Well, it looks like from what I reported on uh, uh, yesterday, and when I say reported, I'm just relaying stuff that we've read already from all the different sources, whether it be Lords of the Longbox or uh, the other insiders, industry yeah. insiders. It looks like what happened was AT&T not doing well fiscally because i can imagine a lot of people aren't paying their cell phone bills right now yeah Mm -hmm. and so crap rolls downhill right so that board of directors because they're all about bottom line they don't know nothing about these comic books nor do they care they just know that they purchased that as a as a collateral thing right they went to warner brothers warner brothers was ordered to slim down and i'm sure when things were going well they probably had all kinds of fluffy positions. 800 people laid off this week. 800 people laid off. And then Warner Brothers owns DC Comics. So down the chain of command it went. And then they, it sounds like what they did was they just got rid of a bunch of the uh, management team there. Because I don't know that there was any leadership at DC Comics. There was certainly management, but there was no leadership and because there's a difference uh, uh, as you move through life, you'll know who's a manager and who's a leader. They're two different things. Make no mistake. And Jim Lee got removed from his uh, management position as the publisher. And now he is essentially the liaison between Warner Brothers and DC Comics as advising them on how to use material for their movies and stuff and HBO max and that kind of stuff. Cause it looks like what they've all decided to do is go all in on HBO max. It looks like, like they're going to go full throttle on HBO max. But I think if Jim Lee does things right, he's going to be able to sell the importance of the comic books being able to fortify the interest. Yeah. And things like HBO Max. Some people argue that the cinematic and the comic books are not symbiotic, like a comic book shop and a movie theater aren't symbiotic. I care to differ because we had a customer come in today, as an example, looking for Umbrella Academy. The only reason she knew about Umbrella Academy is from the Netflix special. And her and her kids, because of COVID and stuff, all the closures, they've had a lot of time to watch streaming services. And now they want the written stuff because... A lot of parents are tired of their kids glued to the television, and they got to get their kids to read. What better way to get them to read than comic books? Well, yep. now with schools being practically completely closed, mm-hmm. now they can get them to read. Oh yeah, and comic book comic books. Believe it or not, the 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 way they're written, a lot of times uh, are better uh, are are so well written that they the kids can get a lot more out of that comic book than they would an actual textbook because they're engaging their imagination while they're reading. Yeah. I even still to this day I say, you know, when I was in school, like ninety percent of stuff I'm never gonna use in real life 
and mm. like and I haven't and I haven't needed to <laughs> it's like when am I gonna use this in life never yet I had to take it it's stupid and, and until you you have those one or two things hey you know uh I'm going off on a tangent on that you, you get these uh experts right now that are talking about like the the author of uh rich dad poor dad i agree with them 100 percent on this on this topic which is our schools do not prepare our children for real life right now yeah yeah exactly they do not teach our children what they will need to actually succeed in life. Nowhere, no school in the nation that I'm aware of right now teaches kids how to become wealthy. Yeah. No kids are being taught how to help. They're not even being taught how to balance a checkbook. I was going to say just a little bit of life experience, man. And like, just to goes a long way. Like just, uh, I, I remember everybody laughed, you know, whenever we, we would have to take like home ec and everything, but I mean, that was probably one of the most useful classes I've ever been a part of. Man. Yep. Yeah. It, it, it's, it was the only class that actually prepared you, you know, when you, for when you get out there, everything else, it's like, Oh, you know, Pythagorean theorem, you're going to use that a lot. And oh it's like, my. get out of here. Yeah. Well, in like, uh, language classes, like I think for certain places, you know, for instance, here in Alaska, Palmer is practically, the whole ASL community. And I mean, they have signs for the deaf and all. And I think um, that would be more more useful than like learning Russia or uh, Japanese. Like we, like if you want to learn it, go right ahead. But like, I think you should target more real life stuff. Like we have customers who are deaf or hard of hearing. And I'm the only one that can help them because I took that. Yep. Yeah, there's there's such big things that they just skip out of. Yeah, uh, I agree. The we going to comic books. I mean, you're getting people that are fantastic artists. You know those guys. You looked at their little notebooks they were sketching in. He or she was sketching in their books in high school or in middle school and you're like wow this person's gonna make it and there's no classes to teach them what to do no. with that skill mm-hmm. yeah nothing i took an art class not i am not good at drawing <laughs> that's why i took it <laughs> um and we literally did nothing we did nothing we just made paper airplanes and threw them around like literally like we did yeah it's nothing. like when the teachers surrender you know, and, and that's, you know, we have great teachers out there and we have teachers that surrender. And then, you know, you're looking at the comic book industry. Uh, luckily, those, the artists that did make it, uh, yeah, maybe they went to a school, but they didn't. A lot of these guys, they go to their mentors and their peers to figure out how to sell their work and stuff. They're, my point being, because I'm sure we'll get some arguments and I welcome the arguments from our listeners. But I don't believe that Donnie Cates or Jim Lee or Todd McFarlane took a course on how to market their artwork. I believe they went to the School of Hard Knocks. They looked at others that were successful, and that's who they went to because they certainly weren't learning it in a university or uh, in their school because the school just doesn't that's not one of the things that they're pushing right now how to hey how to take this skill set that you have and make a lot of money and feed your family off of it instead we're just taught the same archaic stuff and it's a shame because you see the talent that's out there right now man Uh, what doing our first variant cover i learned so much about you know you've got the guys that are the pencil, the tight pencil sketchers. Mm-hmm. Then you've got the inkers. And then you've got the colorists. 
all of them critical, all of them that they're not successful without the other, right? They're all a yeah, symbiotic yeah. thing. And uh, are they teaching that in school right now? Are they teaching these guys how to price their artwork? I don't think they are. Yeah. I think these guys are just asking their buddy on Instagram. They're DMing their buddy. Hey, man, how much should I charge for this? How much should I charge for this service? And then they find out that they've been grossly undercharging their skill set because lack of education. So Yeah, you just got to figure it out as you go, unfortunately. If it's not one of these, you know, preconceived, you got to do this with your life. You got to go to college, you know be successful you got to do this to be successful you got to do that to be successful and i'm like no if, if you would just like you said just open up teach somebody you know how how to go about starting a business or, or like an online business or getting your artwork out there or something because i i've i've known guys that i grew up with that are just fantastic fantastic artists and they think that there's no future in it and i'm just like man i've been reading comic books since i was like five years old there is mm-hmm. a future man like there you but it, you hit the nail on the head when you said they don't they're never taught how to go about getting that out there and going about getting into the their business started you well, know they just make you think that college is everything that if you don't graduate then you don't live and it's like uh there's more to it like I mean, yeah, it does help having, you know, graduation or whatever. But, like, if you graduated high school, then you got that. And, like, it, it's not just all that. Yeah, I could, I, I could argue that all day as well. You know, I, I have a four-year degree. But I earned it while I was on active duty, deployed, doing online courses and stuff. I promise you that I have way more life experiences than the majority of my professors. I've been on multiple continents. I've seen things all over this world. I've been from the Western Caribbean to the Persian Gulf, Europe, the Pacific, Asia. I mean, I've been all over this planet. And I can promise you that it was nothing that my teachers in school were going to teach me at all. It was something that you have to get out there and go get it, right? And what would make me a selfish individual if I didn't now take that experience and share it with others and try to coach people that, hey, man, you know, you have this skill set. You need to take it to the next level because when you grow, we all grow around you. Everyone benefits when people grow and they they do something. You know, I, when you guys do good here, we make a profit here when you guys don't do good we don't make a profit i mean it's simple math right and you guys are only what we invest in you if i sit here all day and just expect you to do i just need you to sit here and wave at customers when they come in where's the productivity in that i'm not teaching you about the industry i'm not teaching you about the ins and outs of the business i'm not introducing you to people that can help you take it to the next level where you can flip your books and make money from this mm-hmm. and, you know, run this, this business and make it bigger than it ever could be. I I think, uh, uh, yeah, people are sleeping on this industry, by the way, because this, this is its own, its own market, its own infrastructure, its own profit margins that, uh, are affected by all kinds of crazy things that if you're not on top of it, you're not going to, you're not going to benefit from it. And you guys are learning how to put your pulse on what's popular, what isn't. Now it's a matter of learning uh, for here for the new books. It's learning which books should we order? Which books can we take a hard pass? Can we afford to take a hard pass on this one book that nobody knows about? Right. Is that book, going to all of a sudden blow up and then we're going to regret not getting it or is it or was our first gut feeling that the book's a bomb and it's just worthless we shouldn't get it you know i mean there's all these things and we have to learn how to use all these resources and stuff that's why we we have this class that we're doing on saturday to teach uh anyone who wants to come to the class it's going to be 25 dollars per head and it'll be this saturday i think we said at uh six o'clock 
So 6 p.m. this Saturday, we will be hosting a class on, uh, we call it dirty grading, because we're not graders here, but you can learn how to dirty grade to see what books you should be sending in to get graded, what books you shouldn't, how to flip books, uh, how to speculate from the ground on books. And that's that's critical because, you know, my, my goal is that, you know, the people that I influence, that they, they be better than me. I want you guys to be millionaires. I want that to happen. I truly do because that I benefit from it in one shape, way or form, you know, either as a, as a citizen who's now benefiting from all those taxes you're paying with the millions that you're making <laughs> or just by your happiness, man, you shine up my, my life too. I mean, as goofy as that sounds, I think it's important that people remember that, uh, it's actually, it's actually beneficial to be happy for other people to be successful and to help other people be successful. Cause if you, if you sit there and you, you know, can you imagine if Todd McFarlane decided to just keep his sketchbook to himself? Oh, man. What would we miss out on? <laughs> or if Stanley never came up or showed his superhero drawings. And... Or if Stanley de- had decided to quit when he uh, when the industry had bombed mm-hmm. momentarily. Because well, it had bombed a couple of times. He was going to quit a couple of times. And it, it's not only like their work that you'd be missing out on. You got to think all the people they've influenced over the years too, that have come out with their own series and how, how many people branching out, like how, how many books would we have missed? How many careers would we have missed? You know, it's crazy. I love the adversity that we're facing right now. I think we used to say it when I was a trooper, used to say it in the military, actually. I don't think you really learn how to be an adult until you get punched in the face. I really, (laughs) I really, I truly mean that. Until you've been punched in the face once, you don't really know what a fight really is. You just know in theory what a fight is, right? But once you get that first punch in the face and your fight or flight kicks in, it's a whole different story. It's a whole different level of learning. And... From a fiscal point of view, we've all that this COVID thing punched us in the face and it kicked us in in between the legs a couple of times, you know. It and we had a choice. We could just crumble and shut the doors and give up, or we fight as hard as we can to to keep moving forward, right? And I, I think it's shown our intestinal fortitude on being able to keep fighting. At any moment they could shut us down. Somebody can some politician can say uh, you guys are not essential. We think the world's coming to an end and we need you to shut down immediately. So what do we do? Do we protest. just protest? Yeah, we protest. <laughs> burn the books. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> burn, burn all of our material. No, oh, we went. Oh, damn. <laughs> no, I, but you know what I mean? That we just, uh, we're learning to be tougher. I think yeah, we're doing things here that uh, we know now that if we didn't receive any new shipments for the next couple of months, we could divert all our attention to the back issue bins right now. How's, how's back issue bins been doing? Good. I, I, I don't think there's a customer that comes in here, man, that doesn't take a look through them. At least they usually come up with like two or three of them. Some of our, you know, some people come up with an entire stack, but it's, it's usually their new books and at least like a few back issues, man. They're, they're constantly going out the door. Yep. What have you seen, Shana? Yeah, uh, I think a lot of, um, especially younger people are checking them out, um, getting collections that their parents had told them of or grandparents even just older people um, trying to finish their collection. It uh, I would say, I mean, yeah, our new books do help significantly, but I think the older ones have the more attention. Yeah, the uh, I think that's what's going to keep this going. In the event that everything crumbles from the new stuff, the old stuff will always be relevant. Yeah. 
And the market mm-hmm. is constantly adjusting to that. And whoever the hell it is that keeps spiking or moving the goalpost on the prices for the books, I guess a, a misplaced thank you here. At least at least something's happening with the market, right? Because uh, you guys have seen it. A book that came out last week is cover price of three ninety nine is now selling for twenty five or forty five or, or what were we talking about earlier? Yeah. Like Thor, uh, Thor, Thor yeah. five, I think is like what fifty bucks now, and then and Thor's Thor two, number two is like I think it's like almost up to ninety. From what I've been seeing, well, last week's Wonder Woman that's up to like thirty bucks. Both yeah. and what the gets original me? variant, yeah, and, and it's like the slightest little like, hey, you know, like this character's pinky toe showed up in the last panel, and then the price goes through the roof, and I'm it's. I sometimes it's cool, you know, if you got the book, and then right. if you don't got the book, it's it's like, come on, man, like I'm paying ninety bucks for a pinky toe, get out of here. I think I think as our shop becomes more popular up here, people will figure it out. But for quite some time, we've had keys just sitting up there that no one they walk by them, but people aren't using, you know, key collector app or they're not using cover price. For us, key collector, the one thing um, I, I tend to forget to mention on these podcasts lately is key collector. We have a promo code. If you use promo code Aegis A E G I S, you get the first week free. Uh, a full access to key collector key collector is you'll find that the majority of our hardcore collectors use that app when they're going through our back issue bins hell they're using it now through uh through the current issue section as well because our new books something will pop that says this book is hot right now for abc reason they've actually they've got a section on there now uh every week it's a keys that are coming out that week and you can click it and it'll have like every important issue just waiting for you and uh need to be taking advantage of that if you're if you're not using an app like key collector or any of the other apps available i obviously we we, we promote key collector but uh yeah if you're not using those apps you're losing if you're a collector i would argue that even casuals are losing out because you get to the shop, you didn't have a book on your pull list, and now the book's completely sold out because the guy who's specking on the book using the key collector app comes in and buys as many books as they can afford that day because their intent is to flip them. And a three ninety nine, a three dollar and ninety nine, so let's call it a four dollar purchase that you flip twenty five bucks. You know, you're making over twenty dollars. <laughs> Uh, so let's call it with the fees and everything let's call it you're making 15 bucks mm-hmm. on a four dollar investment that's a pretty good return and you yeah. do that a couple of hundred times you're gonna make some good money there's people out there right now that are making up to six digits a year on the ebay marketplace right now just in comic books so there's there's something to be said about this yeah. industry right now um the I, I guess the the last subject that we'll talk about, just as a reminder, this shop, like ninety nine percent of all the comic book shops, by the nature of the business, is involuntarily enrolled in the FOC program or the FOC system, which is mandatory for Lunar. Diamond, UCS, FOC, Final Order Cutoff. As a reminder, we've already spoken about this, but just as a reminder to people, FOC, which was the result of a lawsuit, a a class action lawsuit between the retailers and Marvel Comics, says that up to two weeks prior to the delivery date, or shipment date of the books, you can alter the number of books. You can change your order, update your order. After that, there is absolutely no guarantee that you'll get what you ordered because FOC is two weeks prior to release date. And typically your normal solicitations are like a month to two months prior to release date. So if you're waiting for FOC, you may be entirely too late. 
and your shop will let you know because I'll let you know because I'll look. Uh, there's books that I'm just not eligible for on FOC. Uh, now I can adjust my normal stuff, but I can't. It doesn't mean that I'll have access to those special variants because those variants they only have a set number of them. Yeah, <clears throat> average variant right now for retailer incentive variants. I want to say is anywhere from 500 to I think it's 3,000 bucks. So anything over 3,000, I would imagine is just considered your normal distribution, but your 3,000 and under, those are your special variants, right? Your ratio variants and everything else, your special retailer variants, all that stuff. Well, you're talking. Let's say let let's say it's three thousand books. There's at one time there was thirty three hundred shops. That's not many books. That means that that's that's a book per shop. Yeah. And my math is off, but you know, what we'll, we'll choose as the as the scenario. So, if you're waiting until the last minute to order those books, you're not going to get them. So you you want to be online looking at those catalogs, looking at Key Collector, using all those resources, watching the YouTube channels, listening to podcasts. If you're a serious collector, if you're a casual, it doesn't matter. You know, you're happy whether you get the book or not. But if you're serious about a particular series, you should be paying attention to that FOC, that final order cutoff, or you're not going to get your book. I mean, how many times have you guys seen somebody come in here disappointed that they didn't get their book? And then you realize what? They didn't order it on time, right? Yeah. I'll ask, uh, I'll ask a lot of the times, you know, when they ordered it and they'll tell me like, Oh, you know, two or three weeks ago. And I'm like, well, if, if your answer wasn't two months ago, then you were too late. Yeah. Uh, We've had people like, Man, I ordered it last Friday. I was like, "Are you kidding me? The book came out today. That, yeah, that FOC is, was over. You know, yours is in a boat on the way, man. Like, yeah, that book that 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 book was already printed on its way because the FOC, the way it works too, is the and we've said this already. This will hopefully this will be the last time I have to talk about it for a while. But with FOC, the reorder system, uh, which coincides with FOC. The reorder system is only designed for damaged and lost shipments. It's not designed for the people that waited too until the last moment to order. That's not what it was designed for. There's only a, a very small number of those books that are set aside for damaged and lost books. After they've confirmed that they're not going to have a bunch of claims from damaged and lost books, then they will allow those books to go into the reorder system uh, to be, uh, well, there'll be enough. I apologize. The books are going to be there, but there'll be enough books for people to, to, uh, for shops to order from. But otherwise, you know, that uh, I think the misconception is that, Oh, they've got another thousand of those books at the warehouse. No, the printer didn't make that many extra. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> if you, if you order 500 books from the printer, Diamond, as an example, will order another 25 to pad that order for damage and missing books. I didn't know that until recently. So they'll pad it. But it's with the understanding that they expect to damage a bunch of your books. And they're going to have you covered for like 25 of them. That's it. So now you're sharing that with hundreds of thousands, if not millions of collectors. So that's the one thing that I know at the shop to know this industry. And I should know the other number. I haven't even looked it up yet. I need to look up. I can tell you that there's approximately 2,700 shops in the nation right now, but I can't tell you how many customers there are. That'd be an interesting thing to look up. I should probably look that up tonight. So I'll know that. Cause I don't think there is an estimated number of comic comic book customers. Well, especially with new ones coming in, we we get tons of new ones. Even like today, we got a good handful. And yeah, that's worked out pretty good. I mean, uh, um, I think if I if I looked at our numbers, uh, we I think we're averaging about a minimum of three new customers a week, and that tends to add up. 
Mm-hmm. And I think I'm being very conservative with that. Number. I think it's way more than that. But because we're servicing a population way larger than the average comic book shop does in the lower 48. Although things might have changed with the closures, but historically, I think a uh, average comic book shop serves a services a population of, uh, I think, 25, 35,000 people. And where if you count the Anchorage customers and the Valley customers, we're, we're over 100,000, 200,000 customers that we're, that we're servicing. Yeah. That's a lot of customers for one shop. And I think we're starting to feel it now, which is good. Mm-hmm. I, I'd rather have that stress than it could be completely the dead. Stress. The yeah. there where there's crickets and we're just sitting there watching the paint peel off the right. wall. But yeah. So any final uh, comments? Uh, I don't think so. I want to thank everybody for coming in today. Good to see you all again. Yeah, another good new comic book Wednesday. <laughs> and uh, you guys are excited about, uh, well, you won't be able to be here, but you excited about that Saturday course? Yeah. I think that's going to be a good one, man. You, you're going to get to learn from uh, our, our man, Matt. He's going to be teaching people uh, how to do what is known in the industry as dirty grading <laughs> to see whether a book is... Uh, worth even sending the grade he's going to be talking about uh the different manners of acquiring books and hopefully make you a better collector and if you're into flipping books maybe uh uh, make a couple of bucks while doing it we definitely endorse that because we we tend to see that the people that make money on the books will come back and reciprocate and pay and and, and buy more books here so and i i think if you're even a little interested in grading, you should show up because I, you know, I pick Matt's brain in the store here all the time because, and he is very knowledgeable about uh, what he's doing with these books. So I, if, if you're curious and you want to learn some more, I think it's a fantastic opportunity to get some good info. Nice. All right. Well, uh, also remember we got our shirts and hats coming in now again. You'll see us rocking the Aegis gear. If you're interested in the gear, we will have it at the shop. Uh, we're restocking because we sold out on all the hats <laughs> and we have no shirts left. So thank you guys. Thanks for all the support. Remember to visit us on our website. And if you're interested in supporting this podcast or helping us reach our goal to get some writers up here, get some artists up here. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com backslash Aegis Comics Alaska. And we'll put that in the show notes. Thank you guys and take care. You just listened to the Aegis Comics of Alaska's podcast. Don't forget, new episodes drop every week. For more info about Alaska's comic book shop, visit www.aegiscomicsalaska.com.